Basketball fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to break down these conference finals. Obviously, yesterday, we saw two, surprisingly, two blowouts um, in Game 7s. I think I picked three out of the four to be Game 7. I did feel pretty confident that two out of the four series would be Game 7. We got them. But it sure didn't produce a whole lot of drama. Getting there, we produced a whole lot of drama. But the actual Game 7s were just complete blowouts, man. 109-81 to 81 Celtics Bucks, 123-190 to 190 with the Suns. And um, that, that Suns game, I, I – if someone would have said, hey, I got Dallas, they're going to blow out the Suns, dude. I, how, you want to bet $300? I'd be like, let's make it 600 dude. I I would have been, you know, anything can happen in the game seven. We know all that stuff, but I'll just fully admit I did not see that blowout coming. I mean, <laughs> Luka had more points than the Suns at half. <laughs> that's fucking crazy anyway we're gonna get into this we're we're gonna talk a little bit about how these series closed out but we're gonna really you know focus in on preview previewing and predicting the conference finals obviously boston miami how many times have you heard this in the last i don't know 10 years 12 years a bunch i think they said it was like six out of the last 12 we know two out of the last three in the bubble these two teams met. And then the surprise team, Dallas, jumps into the conference final. Luka is on fire. His role players are becoming more than just role players. And then, of course, the tried and true Golden State Warriors, who don't limp into the conference final, but they didn't play their best ball. Will that carry over? Or is that telling you, hey, they didn't even play their best ball except, what, game three? Um and they still are here. So it'll be interesting. We're going to break it down in just a moment. If this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope, um, you know, and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this year NBA podcast under the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to thegruelingshoot.com. One more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. This is the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee. If you go to the Premier Package, the highest one, it gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, and see how he's doing on this Monday, late afternoon, early evening. Um, it's perfect because there's no games tonight, so it gives the audience a little time to listen to it, too, uh, before the games start tomorrow. Um, that'll be the, the Boston and Miami in Miami, of course. Um, how you doing, man? I, I, I Like I said, I, I those game seven blowouts, I was, I was pretty shook. I still can't believe it, especially the Phoenix-Dallas one. 
Yeah, when the score got to be 15 to 5, Dallas, I was like, okay, like Luca must have the boys off to a hot start. Like that's not um crazy to imagine because Dallas at moments this year has probably been the most effective looking offense in the playoffs. Like Luca drives and they hit corner threes, like they've been doing it versus the Jazz and versus the Suns. But then every time you saw the score, you're like, okay, well, you were down 10, now you're down 15, now you're down 20, now you're down 30. Like, yeah, there there was never that, like, okay, like, let's, like, let, let, let's circle the troops and, like, you know, run around the fort and, like, come back. Like, I think a, a large majority of just basketball fans thought, okay, when is that um, uh, run coming by the Suns? And the Suns made a run um, in the fourth quarter to make it look from an abysmal beat down to like a a, a five punch beat down. Like I don't know what what, what beat downs you want to use or analogies of boxing, but they won the fourth quarter. But that was it. I mean, e- even the fact, Chris, that the Suns got smoked in the third quarter really shows you that man, this was a a masterpiece by Dallas. Like, and, and I, I, I think that they deserve credit. Now I will say when we watch them play the jazz, I'm not giving them any credit. Damn it. No, that when they beat the jazz in my, in my head, I was like, you know what? This jazz team looks like absolute trash. We've heard drama. We've heard stories like this team doesn't like that good. So do you give them credit for being the jazz? Yes. But is it a ton of credit due to the team they're playing? Uh, not not as much. It's a little more of a slap in the face to the Jazz and than the Mavs sure. credit. But I think that's fair. Yeah, and against the Suns, there was no you know, there's no team drama. There for the most uh, not. I mean, I know like you're you got some numbers saying Chris Paul wasn't healthy. Clearly, he was 100. percent But this wasn't a a Suns team that would have an excuse to play or. You know, for all we know, Booker was pretty much healthy. And, and I'm sure there's guys on the Mavs who are banged up. But there was yeah. really no built-in excuses to – They like, had the number one record. <laughs> yeah. With, that, with and, a bullet. And, and home court, and you're up three to two. So, again, was yeah. it surprising – one game five, convincingly. Yeah. Was it surprising they lost game six in Dallas? No, because Dallas at home this year has been a, a beast. But – Again, to lose game seven, I even said it on our podcast. I was like, I bet there's a, I think I said a 20% chance Luca could go off and win game seven. And my 20% was right. I should have followed my gut and made a little money. But if you would have told me, Marshall, what are the odds that the Suns are up like 40 in the game or something? I'm like, uh, one in a hundred. Like, did Booker and Chris Paul retire? Was there a, a, a team COVID bug? Like, I don't know, man. And, and I'm going to, I'll give you a point and then I'll throw it back to you. But uh, of course I went to Twitter and Twitter, the main theme I saw last night was literally, it was a, it was an applauding. No, no, no the, well, that's it, what it, it is right now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Um, but it was a, a round of applause. And I know we're on one side of this compared to the other, but of, of what LeBron did. And it really did kind of hit me. And, you know, pretty much every tweet was saying either pro or comp. It's like this dude went to the finals eight years in a row. And, like, Milwaukee, like, okay, you won a title last year. And now you 
had that happen last night on your home court. It's like the Suns, man. You you had a good year last year, and now you it's like even and I don't even care if it's from the East or the West. The dude took eight teams to the finals, and this isn't going to be a LeBron show. But if you really think about it, Chris, because think of all the excuses we 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 make as 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 fans or for teams we love and all this. And and rightfully so, okay, the Suns, you, you've had a great two-year run. You really have. You've played solid basketball. You had home court. And is it disappointing to where you finished this year? I wouldn't say it's it's not like a complete slap in the face. Like, Luka's a good player, but eight years in a row. It's just, and we got teams that can't even do it two years in a row. So it just kind of hit me. I'm like, holy shit, what LeBron did really was crazy to see these teams who nowadays get a lot of respect, like the Bucks and the Celtics and the Suns and the, and the Sixers, like all these teams, it's like, they can't even do two years in a row, bro. And that, that man did eight. <laughs> it's just, they can barely do it for a series. Like even I, I know. like uh, Jimmy Butler, do I expect him to have the same series he just had where he leads in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steal? Hell no. I don't expect him to lead in all those categories. But as we know, that's exactly what most of the time LeBron did. And not just his team, you know, he'd, he'd lead everybody, uh, you know, on both sides. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, one thing in there as far as, like, would I have thought this, right? Well, first of all, Luka went off, no doubt. I mean, the game before, Luka actually, they, they made him, it was like 9-25. It's probably, the, you know. It's probably what you're hoping for. Um, whereas he was 12 and 19, he was more efficient in this game. Sure. But also Brunson delivered. And let's not forget, you know, Dinwiddie. I mean, he had five threes. He had 30 points. Is that something that you would have thought too? Hey, Dinwiddie's going for 30 in the closeout game, by the way. Off you the know bat, why last night out. was special for him, Chris? Spencer Dinwiddie, in his contract, had a 547000 right. Dollar bonus to make the Western Conference Finals. Good for dude. Enjoy that and go have some fun, man. That that's <laughs> a hell of a bonus. Good for your agent, but dude, props props to your ass for cashing a 500k check for your team making the finals. Hell yeah, man. Good for you. No doubt. Um, so I do want to start with the Dallas side. You know, I already talked a little bit about it in the intro. Um, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. Um, I do think that they'll catch up to it a little bit more uh, going into next year. Of course, Dallas will have all off season and training camp to do more that they're not uh, that they're not able to do during a regular season when ma- they made these trades and stuff like that too. So yeah, that plays both ways, of course. But it just basketball. If you don't have three out of the top. 19 players in the league or whatever, two out of the top five or two out of the top 10. It's about fit. It really is. And the fit around Luca, I would have never guessed when they made the trade, um, that it'd be this great. Now, did I approve of the trade per se going, okay, I could see that. Plus financially, you just don't have one guy making all 35 mil or whatever. So that made sense, and he just wasn't effective there as much. Um, but, man, it's just all purpose, and Luca doing it at every level. He's got every shot in the book. If you put a big on him, he's going to step back on him. You know, 
He's not the fastest guy. I've said it for a while. He does need to still get his body in shape. He admitted it midseason. Um, he has too much baby fat on him. And that's fucking scary. Because <laughs> when this guy gets in tip-top shape, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, and maybe he'll be better defensively. You never know. He'd move his feet better, whatever. Um, I just think long-term that stuff needs to change because you don't want to get to your 30, and that's when your body starts to go, hold on, dude, you know. Um, and what was cool is he admitted it uh, this year during the year. And that's a huge step, and you can get in better shape during the season, sure, but it's still not the same. Um, and he's doing a lot of LeBron-ish stuff. Of course, the white-on-white white thing with Larry Bird, you know, it uh, he does feel like Larry Bird. Um, the only thing I'll say about any kind of LeBron or Larry Bird stuff is, uh, defense, defense, you know, clearly he's not the defender of both those guys. Clearly he's not the defender of LeBron, but this guy's doing this all purpose stuff and delivering in the clutch. And like I said, at every level, the guy's just got a, a counter move every time and he can match. He just, the matchups that he gets, it's just like, which, whichever guy's on him. He's got to move or, or, or go to stuff to do, and he just – and if not, he's drawing a foul, you know. Okay, I didn't make the bucket. Well, I'm on the free throw line. So the guy is just – for his age level, I really think it's his IQ uh, that just – since he's been in this league, the IQ level that he has in basketball and then the shot making and the clutch and the mentality, it, it's really coming together in this – these players around him – and we're going to get Hardaway as another scorer, like, you know, next year. Like, it, it's it's fitting, man. It really is. Uh, so I got to give him a lot of credit. Now, as far as the Chris Paul stuff, um, I'm not going to act after four games. We didn't come up here and say he's hurt, okay? So at the time, I, I do remember something happening in, at the end. Or, nah, I don't know if it was at the end of game two or something. I do remember something with an injury, but – um, they kept it pretty quiet. Um, in game three, I just, I remember saying this, he had a bad game. He had seven turnovers and then game four, he had fall problems. So I didn't think of, uh, none. but now that I see five games of them, clearly he was limited. Okay. But he just turned 37. This is Chris Paul. And if you look at since, you know, he's just had either, even when he was in his prime, he's had injury issues come this time. He's had really bad luck. But it's not even bad luck anymore. Uh, you're just old, you know, and shit happens. You know, we saw his shoulder or whatever happened uh, last year during the playoffs. But clearly something's up. I'm not trying to give him uh, an out, but there is this stat that we talked about before we started recording. And the it's like we almost forgot that they were hunting Luca out. I mean, he looked he looked bad defensively. He's never a great defender right now. Uh, we'll see if he improves. But um, they, there was this number out there, 51 times pick and roll they tried to hunt Luka. I mean, it was it was bad. And I remember last year they went away from the pick and roll out of nowhere, and they're really good at disguising because they do have Booker the way they can make it look like a Booker play, and then it's just a Chris Paul pick and roll play. And he either is going to the mid-range, going to the rack, step back, or he's getting somebody open, whatever the case is. But they didn't go – the very next game – or no, two games later, game three, they did eight pick-and-rolls the whole game. There's no fucking way he was healthy. 
There's just no way. Because why wouldn't you do it? Of course, just let him have a bad shooting night then. You know, if, if he's capable of it, who cares? But So I don't put a ton of this on him, but you you, you got to put something on him. But Booker, 3 of 14. Um, you know, Bridges, not not really there this year. This this uh, this 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 series, uh, Payne took a champagne campaign like he took a, a step back. Maybe this just not just this year. I don't know because I didn't keep track of him all single, but he didn't do much. He got benched for uh, um, Shamet or whatever the fuck his name is. So and then Aiton played seventeen minutes. He got benched. Now, do I agree with? You know, keeping him on the bench, probably not, but by the time, it didn't matter anyway. There was no decision to be had because they were down by 30, you know, sure. 40. So I guess I can't get too mad at the coach for that. Um, and, you know, before this quad thing came out, I was like, where is the goddamn pick and roll? I'm freaking out. Like, dude, why are we not, why are you guys not running pick and roll? But when it was 27 to 20, at the 10 minute mark of the second quarter, I thought, okay, here here we go. They're going to get back in this game. They're going to get back in this game, and they just didn't. <laughs> they just didn't. Pretty soon, it was a double-digit lead, and they got beat. Um, but Chris Paul can't be your most valuable player at age 37 anymore moving forward. He just can't. He just can't. You can't rely on an old guy to be your MVP. Um. So Booker's going to – I don't know if that means more playmaking or whatever, but Booker, to me, he showed that he was fairly healthy or at least healthy, pretty damn healthy, uh, you know, after that first game back. Uh, to me, it looked like he was pretty damn healthy. So um, he deserves some of the blame. Uh, the coach, Aiton, the role players – Bridges fell off. Like, they just fell off. And another thing is we we left on this note last week, Marshall, not to go too long here, but um, remember, Phoenix did get very lucky with key players out last year in their playoff run. Now, of course, getting Paul injured too, that sucked for them, right? But he wasn't injured the whole playoffs. So, to me – in the back of my head, I was like, huh. Whereas at least with Milwaukee, you could say, well, they didn't have Middleton. That's their best, you know, that's their best pick and roll guy. And, he, they're, you know, their second best scorer, period. It's not even close. I think, he, I think he averaged like 24 points or 22 points or something like that in, in the finals last year. Um, but Phoenix did get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, and they still went six games with a team, you know, that didn't have Leonard. You know, so and and is Aiton going to resign? It, you know, how many more years can he get out of Chris Paul? All of a sudden, this whole because because you're not just going to replace Chris Paul either. You're going to have money for him, but that shit don't come off for a couple of years. It's not like he's got one year left on his deal. So, you know, we talk about windows, right? Wide open windows. That shit. It's not as open. You, you've had to close a little bit because it's windy out there, dude, and it's going to take the whole fucking window out here. So it, this is a really – like what do you do in the off season? A whole lot has to be asked on that, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, just <clears throat> putting things in perspective, like this was a team where if not for a bubble run two years ago, Chris Paul's probably not even on the team. Yeah. I mean, this was a team where they People they thought that won. was a bad move sometimes, too, because of the money, you know? Yeah, the peop- they, they won they won like nine games row in the bubble. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, hey, the Suns have a chance. So, again, I, I'm not a Phoenix fan, so it's easier for me to say. But if you put things in perspective, you went from basically a, a, a scrub bottom west team to being a title contender two years in a row. Now, you don't have a ring on your finger. But that does mean your program or franchise is a joke. Like, I think no, you're no. still going in the right direction. But I think, I guess, when choke. you do finish with the number one record, you were expected to win this um, this playoff series. But the best player on the court was not in your colors. And it sounds very rudimentary, but when a lot of times in basketball, the team who has the best player in the series is probably going to win the series, or at least has a chance. Um, but I guess to wrap up the point and swing it back to Dallas, and this sounds kind of crazy, but maybe that Luca being out when it started was the best thing that could have happened for the Mavs because it let the other role players gain confidence. Not that Luca is not a distributor or anything like not these, like not a good team player, but the emergence of like <clears throat> Bertans and Kleber and Brunson and like pretty much them learning to play as a team maybe yeah. was a positive that, hey, if Luca had been in for game one of the Jazz, maybe it is just the Luca show. And not that that's a bad thing, but maybe the confidence that these other players have established prior to Luca coming back is a positive now. Like, it, it's weird to think your best player being out is a good thing. And obviously, I don't think they would have won the series at all without Luca. But for the time sample and the opponent they had. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, it was a couple games, right? Yeah. It wasn't like forever. But yeah, yeah but point. yeah, they, those guys, because there was a couple of games there where they were hitting like 23s a game. You're like, holy shit, look at this Mavs team. Because even in game six against the Suns, or excuse me, yeah. uh, it was, uh, well, or, but uh, especially, sorry, uh, game three, or it was game three or game four. I, I get them confused. I was in Vegas. But there was the game three or game four with right. the Mavs they where they hit 23s in the game. It's like, holy cow. But it's been corner three, corner three, corner three. So hey, the Mavs are Mavs are on a roll. Like that's like a good looking team. You got I, I don't know you. Mm, I'm well, I'm obviously biased, but I would say you now you do now have the uh, the best player in this upcoming series just because Steph and Steph's older. Like Luke is the best. Man, I hate saying it, but it's true. You know, you, you now again have the best, but we'll, we'll get to there. But to flip to the game seven that was played uh, yesterday prior to the Suns beat down was uh, Milwaukee and Boston. And that score was probably a score that many people didn't predict either. Not that uh, Boston winning was a shock to many people. They had home court and they'd earned it. And um, the series had been a kind of a back and forth the whole way. But I, I'll be honest, Chris. I thought the game was going to come down to the wire because that's kind of how the whole series went. Mm-hmm. It was it started it was, that way, grimy, yeah. you know. Te- teams took turns blowing like double digit leads in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> almost, but almost every game though really was pretty competitive for the most part. It was a competitively evenly played series. Mm-hmm. But last night, 
uh, Milwaukee was four of 32 or 33 on threes. You ain't going to win a game seven on the road when you shoot four of 33 on threes. Like that's, that's hard to fathom. I, whether it's the second worst percentage uh, with 30 attempts uh, ever in the playoffs. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe, Hey, try something different, but the pretty much, if you watch them play, their only real two-point shots are Giannis, cheat move, dunk, slam slam ball on someone's head, or Holiday's got hard a little... Too. Yeah, hard, too. Yeah. Or Holiday's got that little elbow free throw jumper. But again, if we're talking about coaches and, and people and teams who won, you know... And no Middleton, let's not... I mean, that and guy no, was no Middleton, that's last fair. Year. That is fair. That's but, a big... Big thing. That's their second best player. But I'm going crossword analogy here. But for the amount of for the amount of times where people say, "Oh, well, this quarterback wants Super Bowl, but he's trash," you know, I'm not saying Budenholzer's trash, but do we necessarily no. need to crown him? Because they, again, this is the same coach who, up until last year, didn't bring because he doesn't change his style. Again, I think it got to him again this series because again, he doesn't change his style. Boston hit threes. And won this series, but again, it, he just—it's—it's it's like, why don't you make want to make adjustments? Like, if you watch the end of Game Six, where it was a Boston Tea Party barrage of threes, relentlessly—I mean, bucket after bucket after bucket in Game Six is like—is like, I know that it's your DNA, but it's like it's the same script. And yes, the guy won a title last year in Milwaukee did, but man. It, it was pain. I'm not even a Bucks fan, but it was painful watching that game. It's it's just like Chris. I I guess my opening point is the fact that when you have a coach that doesn't make adjustments, it doesn't seem to ever want to, no matter what, win or lose. It caught up to him. But to see, I it, it felt like I, I swear there there had to be at least nine Boston threes hit in the fourth quarter, and that really is just how they Milwaukee hit plays. The most in Game Seven history. So they did knock him down. Too. Oh, tw- oh, 22 in game seven? I'm talking, I, the fourth quarter of game six blew my mind. Yeah, so but like, I'm just saying, 22 they hit in game seven. That's a, that's a record in game seven. It's, so they know, did like, knock him down, too. You know? They did. But it's like no adjustments? Uh, that's my opening. I'll throw it to you. But yeah. That, no, that's what, what, fair. What, I mean, that has always been the knock on him. Um, no doubt about it. Um, the Middleton thing stands pretty large. It uh, hurts. For me. You're right. Um, but but that does exist though. You're, you are correct. He, he he doesn't make adjustments. Uh, like we said last week, Giannis is the one who made the adjustment uh, during the playoffs last year, and he's been on a fucking tear ever since. Right? It's like he was on a tear. Then they said, okay, we're gonna take these things away from you. What are you gonna do now? You're gonna have to back up ten feet and go at Griffin. Is that really what you're worried about? And then it got in his head, and he looked like shit for a little bit. And it was only a handful of games. It happens to all the greats. And then he got his shit together, and he tore it up. But he made that adjustment. Now, were they in his ear talking about sure? But he did it on the court, which is tough to do. Not in the off season. Hey, I know what I got to work on now. He did it during a series. Um, and you know, to be fair, you know, if Durant you know, doesn't step on that three-point line, they don't – we're not talking about it. So, 
to your to the point about the coach, I think you're right on. I think that does play into it. I don't want to go too crazy on it just because of the Milton thing, but you're right. I wouldn't have thought Grant Williams would put up 18 threes, I'll tell you that. He, he hit seven of them, but he went for 27 <laughs> points, plus 25. That was freaking wild. Um, there's a, a stat, I think, that has, like, okay, Grant, here we go. The most attempts in Game 7 NBA history. Curry in 2016, or wait, Curry has, of course, in the top six, he has uh, three of them. Uh, number six, 12 of them. And this is how quick it's happened, dude. Remember when we thought 12 is a lot? 12 threes in a game? Sure. This is just a tenth, not makes, obviously. 2016, Curry, uh, 12. Tied uh, at 13, Harden, eight, uh, 2018, and Murray in the bubble. Uh, 2016, that same fucking year, in a different game seven, Curry, um, 14. Steph Curry, 18. 15 attempts. And then, of all people, Grant Williams took 18. Like, 7 to 18 is not even great, to be honest with you. But still, he fucking hit the shots. That was fucking crazy. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, you know, flipping to the Boston side, much how, like, when you look at that new Dallas roster now, how big they are, tall, length, and size. I mean, Boston – if you want to switch, they could switch all night. They don't need to switch, but they can. They got length all over the place. They're the number one defense, um, and that held up in the playoffs, by the way. Um, I mean, for them, throw out the game five eighty-two percent thing or whatever, Marshall. We talked about this to you off air. Just throw it out because game five, who won game five in both of them? Milwaukee did, even on the fucking road, they did. And then Phoenix looked real confident in Game 5. Throw that out, because both teams lost the series for that Game 5 thing. Um, but, you know, I was pretty confident Boston was going to win last Monday. But when Milwaukee won on the road, especially how they did it, I was like, uh-oh. I think this is game, dude. I, I think they're going to close it out. And, of course, they you know they should have, but they didn't. They didn't close it out. And right now, Boston has kept that – I can't remember the date that they always go to. If it's January 3rd or – I can't remember the date it is. But ever since that damn date, um, they have just been phenomenal in so many different ways. And they're living up to a lot of the hype uh, that has hurt them, you know, in the, in the past. Um, and, it, it, you know, here we are. You know, down to the final four, we should start to get into this. I'll let you, you know, you know, talk about anything about this series as far as, you know, recap it or whatever. But if you look at it, the top uh, four teams defensively, Boston, Miami, Golden State, Dallas. Uh, the last remaining four teams, Boston, Miami, Golden State, and Dallas in that order. And I think it's that order or close to it uh, when defending the three as well. Um, so... That's crazy, dude. And this will be – this is Rob Perez on Twitter. This will be the fifth straight season that there's a different NBA champion. The first uh, time uh, since there's been a streak since night, or from the 75 to 79 years, um, which is pretty dope too. And let's just hope everybody's healthy, obviously. I forgot to put this stat out there. Dinwiddie and Donchus both going for 30. 
uh, in a game seven. It's the first time since 2002 against the Kings, uh, Bryant and Shaq. By the way, we know what happened in that series uh, with the refs, so let's not get too crazy on that stat. But um, I'll let you clean up any anything as far as recapping, you know, that series because – what did you think when Milwaukee won that game five? Were you thinking game six is a wrap? Yeah, I really thought they would go home and, and take care of business. Um, but to see pretty much after the first quarter that Boston had kind of just a small, confident lead. Um, and then the fourth quarter, like I said, I, I was just, I mean, Tatum and, and Smart put on a show. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I should have looked up the stats, but it was, just dropping three after three after three. And the reason that Milwaukee didn't advance, well, one of the reasons is because you had kind of, it was kind of like Jalen Brown and um, Horford playing out of his freaking mind and everyone, but for, it was Giannis and Holiday. But then the next option was at times Bobby Portis showed up and at times, uh, Boonholzer wanted to play Lopez, or it was, hey, let's let Pat Connaughton shoot like religiously yeah. <laughs> and see him miss a lot of shots. Like, you know, I was watching every time, and, and did he so make true. a couple? Sure. But, dude, when he's your number three option and he ain't hitting them at a, at a level of, like, 40%, it's like maybe get a new option. Like, I just – and the and the guy was open, and some of that's bubble, and some of that's Boston probably saying, "Dude, this guy's gonna shoot like twenty five percent. Who the hell, dude? Let him jack up a three. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, we'll we'll go Long down and hit ours. Too, sometimes. So uh, you know, it was just like, dude, it, it, it almost gave that feeling of like the Joe Harris thing. Like Joe Harris was kind of taking crap because well, all you gotta do is be open to hit threes, and he, right. he did and he didn't. But there was definitely a lot of missed shots, but. And that was even the um, turn uh, turn to when it was that um, game when they won a game in uh, game four. It was like, well, Gian, well, Giannis is covered. Turn to Pat Conton. So, and I'm not, right. and I'm not saying that guy deserves to, you know, be a team that's carrying no, the on good his shoulders. Role player, but yeah. yeah, but he not had Middleton. he had a lot of pressure put on his shoulders mm. for a team that I, I I just don't think he's the best option they should have. So, if you're Milwaukee though. Um, I, I don't know their free agency, but you clearly got arguably the best player in the world coming back. You got Holiday coming back. Middleton hopefully is helped. Like that team is going to be back again next year. And the, you know, the coach ain't changing his mindset either. So it's going to be another ride or die year with, with they're giving up threes and cover the paint. Um, I, I don't think they're losing anyone or anything like that. So if you're a Bucks fan, Hey, like let's ride the troops and go at it again next year. And they'll probably have a, a top three. And you're fresh off a chip. So it's much easier yeah. to swallow it. It is, it is, it is. So, yeah. Um, and I guess just to kind of quickly parlay these other, the series that weren't quite as big until then we'll get in our final Let's four. Let's do it quick here. We're at the 35 minute mark. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of making it quick, um, James Harden made a very uh, a quick appearance in the fourth quarter, you could say, of game seven, uh, or sorry, game six. Um, it was, was going to say, there was a game seven? <laughs> it was the first ever game for James Harden where he played 40 minutes and didn't shoot a free throw. And I believe he was – That's saying uh, he, he And he, he scored, like, I think, like four points in the second half. Like, he he just did his Olay. 
And uh, so I'm not an Embiid guy, but shit, the dude played with a busted thumb, played with a broken face. Uh, I think he showed a lot of heart. And I, I've never been an Embiid fan, but I'll give the guy credit. He played through a lot of injuries. He did all he could. But Harden is expected to contribute, too. If you're making $45 million a year and you do your, you know, one-two, show up to Cancun, move, you know, Harden was shit. But if you yeah, look at his track record, that doesn't surprise you. And you also played against Team Miami, who is better coach, has more overall players. And, hey, now Miami gets to play Boston, which should be a great series. Um, uh, any any final touches on the Philadelphia it's uh, still, swan dive? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on the Harden thing, but as far as going over the top on uh, – I'm still on the dude, Embiid wasn't himself. It's really hard to sit there and rip Philly as a team overall. Uh, rip Harden, sure, why not? Maxie didn't oh. play that great either, but especially Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. But the team itself, and in this – once again, there's plenty of stuff to say about Doc in the past, but on this in this moment here, I, I when when you're one of one of the best players in the league is not didn't play early and it's just not never had really that Embiid game anyway. Um, I it's it's really tough to go over the top for me on there. If it was just a side player or something, that's different. But when you're talking about Embiid, that's the heart and soul of the team. Uh, but yeah. Um, Harden in the second half uh, fell asleep, and I actually forgot that he hadn't shot a free throw. I thought he only had one, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that you said that. That was pretty crazy. Um, flipping it real quick, Golden State uh, didn't play besides Game Three. Played like not good for a lot of that game or for a lot of those games, but they still got over the hump. They played a better defensive team the last few games um, without Morant. But clearly, it was missed in the fourth quarter for his time to be like, all right, now it's my time. Either that's facilitating or scoring or getting a line, whatever. Um, that that was a key to that closing out. Um, and then you had game six, obviously. We, we saw game six uh, sighting, you know, uh, of a guy in, in, in Clay Thompson. Um, no doubt. <laughs> Big time. Um I got to admit, I'm a little surprised that he struggled this much because it felt like he got a lot of rust off um, during the regular season, and and he came in hot. And I I just thought, well, there's no way he'll ever be this year anyway. I'm not going to you know say what the future holds for him. I hope he gets back to being one of the better defenders in the league. But I definitely didn't see that. But the other side of it now, I'm like, huh. If he carries that play over, that that might be kind of funky too, because as we know, it's that step up of the you know, of just everything in the playoffs. You know, intensity, this, that, the other, and your body just isn't responding sometimes, or you're not getting enough lift or whatever. Um, but they didn't play that great to turn the ball over. Now they played a team that is like second in the league and caused turnovers, so um, that that played into it, of course. But um, I don't know. I, I, some of it's like, well, dude, they didn't even play their best basketball, except they just played brilliantly in one game when they got to 142. And they still – it didn't go game seven. Um, I don't know. I still I, – I don't feel as down on Golden State after that um, as I do see um, in the media 
And even my co-host, we talked before we got on, and he's, you know, not feeling that confident uh, in in the conference final here. Yeah. Um, to wrap up the series, like, yeah, they – they they got the job done. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't pretty. They they clearly said, hey, let's just rest our bodies after they got down early game five. And it's weird to think a team was down 55 points, but they were. But realistically, that shit was crazy. I know. And they got blasted for it. But at the end of the day, does was that loss bad looking? Sure. Does it affect their future playoff odds? No. Like, it, it was an embarrassing statistical loss. And obviously, kind of kind of wonder what the hell they're thinking. But they mailed it in. They they mailed it in, but they came back the next game and they got the job done. And obviously, Steve Kerr being out isn't helpful, but I believe he's out of protocol now and he's back. So, um, yeah, actually, well, hell, we can just parlay this into it. Um, you're right, and I, I've been kind of wondering the whole thing, this whole playoffs too, is like I, I don't think Clay's hurt, but maybe he's just not his old self yet. And again, that's the dude that came off the torn ACL, then torn Achilles. And maybe we're just going to get this year where you are going to have your games where you are hot like he was in game six, game six clay, where he hit eight threes. And maybe you're going to have games like he had in game, you know, one or two where he had a couple of spot threes that he's wide open and he misses, which for the most part as an NBA fan, when Clay Thompson has wide open three, you know what's going in. So it's almost like Chris, he's like still going through his like rehab process and there's going to be games where he's hot and games where he's just still shaking off the rust. They're still but, getting the looks too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They are but, getting and, looks. Yeah. But with that being said though, you're now playing a team who just knocked out the Suns. You need a, I would say at least the B plus version of Clay, of Clay Thompson. If you want to win the series, like, I'll admit, I, I'm very if, – if I had to bet, I would bet the Mavericks because they're almost a two-to-one underdog in the series because I think right now the Mavericks are playing better basketball. Now, you could say that, hey, Golden State didn't really need – they weren't really pressed against Denver, and they took care of business. They they won it four-to-one. Was it pretty all time? No, but they won four-to-one, so you can't really give them shit for that. And Memphis, who was the two-seed in the NBA this year, in the West. Like, they took care of business there, too. So maybe we've not seen the best effort, but nonetheless, you, there was no Game 7s. Like, well, I guess what more do you really want from them? So I'm a little bit torn, Chris, as to whether um, is Golden State not going to show that peak of the team they used to be, or is this a team, and I'm not saying they're going to be like they were a couple of years ago when they were in titles, but it, have we have we not seen the peak of what this team is? Or is this well, the golden? Yeah, well, yeah, but but just we were for this starting personal... to see a good chunk of it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, remember earlier in the year, before uh, Draymond got hurt, and even before Clay came back, they were fucking moved. They were really, really playing great. Mm-hmm. Green went out. Thompson came back. It was a little funky. They went through a little thing, you know. Um, no, for sure they haven't hit their peak. Yeah, so I hope it comes out now because at, going into this series, I, I do think that it should be pretty much be a pick in my opinion, if I was Vegas. What do I know? But, um, and I say that because the Mavs, again, they just took out the Suns, who are a better team, I would say, than the Mem- than the Grizzlies. So, um, yeah, I, I think concerns I have. Okay, obviously, one concern you got to have is who's going to guard Luka. He's probably the most 
on toughest to guard player in basketball as now him or Giannis. And um, I've heard some people say, well, would you use Draymond? And many people say that's a bad idea because he's going to get in massive foul trouble. And that's probably the very smart answer. So I do think maybe you can occasionally, Chris, use Draymond Green on Luka fourth quarter. But yeah, if you start him on him, Draymond would be in massive foul trouble. Now all of a sudden you have kind of your defensive, or I should say your middle linebacker of your defense off the court. And that's a huge loss. And I know Draymond's never been the best shooter. But occasionally he'll hit his spot threes, and also the guy's always been a very, very good passer for a big. Very good, yeah. And so the name I've heard uh, is Wiggins. And if you're Wiggins, dude, you, the, 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 it is not your goal to, to score. You got Poole, Clay, and Steph, and pieces, and you are going to get your spot threes. But I think that at least starting off with Luke Angle, Chris, I think Wiggins on him is a smart idea. You can sprinkle in um, Draymond. And again, this is the part that hurts is that if this was a couple of years ago, dude, put Clay on him. And I'm not saying Clay, no one's going to shut him down, but Clay would put up a hell of a fight because at times he's one of the best defenders in the league. But clearly he's not back to that point yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I like the Wiggins idea and try to make Luca earn some shots and hope that his boys don't hit corner threes religiously like they have been doing these first couple of rounds. And at some point, these threes are going to start falling for Golden State. I mean, shit. Like I said, they had a lot of shots. I remember us uh, down the stretch of a game they lost where it was, oh, no, they ended up winning. But but they had, like, four open threes on one possession. It was like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Um, So do you think, real quick, you think they'll go Looney um, starting lineup? Because I would. Yeah. Starting line. Not, not, you know. I I would. I I think that there's been this trend of, you know, like, and I know Golden State kind of started that shit of, of the small ball lineups. But if, and and it's kind of become a, just like NFL is a copycat league, NBA can be a copycat league too. Um, And and I mentioned this because of the Memphis angle. And it was kind of like the copycat league of, well, you know, Steven Adams kind of got played off the court of the Minnesota series and in the Golden State series, the first couple of games. But when Steven Adams came back on the court, Memphis's like offense and defensive range was like a plus 30. So it's like it's kind of become that trend of, well, you know, we got to go small. Gotta, everyone's got to go small. Hell, even Budenholzer didn't want to use Lopez, but when Lopez was on the court, their team was better. So this got to go small theory, that's not always the best answer, Chris. So, hell, yeah, I would. Let, yeah, let, exactly. Let's play Looney. Let's not go small instantly. And, and I'm with you on that. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think that's that's the way to go. And you can even back it up further when they uh uh when 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 they when Boston had KG and he went to center. Now that's not the smallest lineup because you still have a, a seven footer um, or six eleven. I know he always wants to be six eleven, but they had Tony Allen and they also had um and I'm just skipping his name right now. Damn it! They had another player. Who came off the bench? Um, he was a damn good defender. He hit those corner threes anyway. So the the you know um, going small in the playoffs has been a thing for a while now. Um, but anyway, yeah, I go Looney, and I think Wiggins when he was here in Minnesota, I always thought he was a much better defender uh, than people gave him credit for. 
I think just him looking like he just got up from a nap a lot of times in games. Um, if he's not going against, you know, Harden or LeBron or some kind of big matchup, he, he you know, he's, he just doesn't bring the same energy. Um, but he had you almost on a night in and night, you know, game in, game out um, scenario, had to guard the, some of the best players almost every time. So he can he can defend his ass off. Um, and like you said, it's a role player now. It's a role thing. Just just do as much as you can to contain him. I also think Otto Porter Jr., who's, uh, you know, long and lanky. I think he could do some. I think that's another guy you'd switch on to him a little bit. Uh, Kaminga, I don't know if he's ready defensively to do that. Uh, Iguodala has been ruled out for the first game. I don't know if, you know, it's one thing to get Iguodala back. It's another thing to be like, hey, dude, go guard Luca. You know, it's, that's not the easiest <laughs> No shit. Um, so, you know, I think that plays into it. I think it's, you know, um, and also, you know, can they get into the switch game and run a little bit more pick and roll and, and uh, get Luca looking like, Looking horrible on defense, like uh, they were able to do in game one and game two of the Suns. Um, that'd be kind of interesting too. Uh, you know, can how much can uh, you know Curry and Poole and whatnot, you know, cook on him? I think that that's wearing people down. That's this. That's that. Um, but yeah, it's really just by. I'm not going to say by committee, but it is just trying to, you know, keep them off the step back three shit. And just let him have to drive and work his way in, and, and, and just grind out the toughest shot um, possible. Um, I really think that's it. And then on the Dallas side, um, you know, just more of what you're doing. You know, uh, more of what you're doing. When I look at this game, I just in the back of my head, I'm like, Has Steph had a Steph game yet? He had a Steph game. Nah, um, he said I, partial Steph game. Partial, yeah, partial, but not but a not, Steph game. No, uh-uh. and I mean, how? Because Pools had the Steph games, really, right? Yeah, he he has. Yeah, you're right. So, I, I think he's had five games where he scored thirty or more points in the playoffs this year, or for four for sure. I want to say right. And of course, we're going to see him on in the lineup, and maybe he'll, he'll be on the small, but maybe it'll be a different type of small. Uh, where they have two green and someone pretty big. Maybe it is Porter um, or Wiggins, whatever. But I I, I just can't – all that experience, the fact that they haven't knocked down their shots is scary as hell. The fact that they got home court, they do have home court. In fact, I heard that they got – if they made it to the finals, they'd have home court, right? I heard that's a fact because oh. – uh, the, oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, I think for, so because okay. I think I think uh, by Miami losing to Orlando or something like that screwed. It's they. I believe Golden State makes it. I think they have home court. Don't okay. quote me on that, but I'm almost positive because I think they had the same. Yeah, they had the same exact record, fifty three and twenty nine, and I think it's the is it the conference record that fucked it up? Let me see real quick. I can't remember, but I'm pretty damn sure it is. Anyway, 
Um, I'm picking Golden State in this. It's hard not to be like, yeah, it's going seven games, you know. Um, but I'd say Golden State in six or seven games. I, I like Golden State um, to win this. I think we've seen uh, Denver do this run to the conference final. We've seen some of these teams do it, and then they get not humbled. I'm not saying humbled. But are all the, is Dinwiddie and all these guys going to be able to do it another time now? I, that's where I'm like, hmm. And I know for sure that, you know, Steph hasn't popped off yet. And Clay is popping a little bit. This shit's going to happen. You know, so I think uh, the shots are going to fall, and once they fall, you know, they're, they're going to win. It's not going to be easy, though, uh, you know, but but I do like um, – I like I like the uh, the Warriors in six or seven. Um, just out of respect and how Dallas is doing, I could see seven, game seven. I'm uh, – my, my X's and O's head says take um, Dallas – so if I had money, I'd bet them. But my heart says pick Golden State in seven. Um, I do think the Mavs at home, and, and maybe this will stop with Golden State. I hope it does, obviously. And I, I hope I could win a, a scratch-off ticket or win lottery. I'd love to go some games. But, man, even nosebleeds in Dallas for like 300 bucks. I'm like, Jesus. So I don't, I don't know if I'll be going in person. Probably not. I need to hit like a, an A game. Uh, I need to go to the horse track. <laughs> Friday, Chris, and hit like a hit a hit a hit a uh, trifecta like we used to back in the day. Thursday late or Sunday afternoon? Hell yeah, sir! So, all right, uh, but um, I'm obviously I'm going to cheer for my boys. I love this team. It's fun to see those glimpses of Clay again. You know, just being a selfish fan of the guy, he's my favorite player in the league. And his game six moments. All right, so maybe he's got those moments. And even if he has every other game, that's cool. But you're right, Steph is due for something. And this obviously is the I don't, know, I don't know if I'd say biggest test um, for Dallas because, again, you just did beat Phoenix. But I would say this is definitely a team that was similar to Utah because of how Utah loves to jack up threes, like, sure. religiously. Golden yeah. State kind of has that same DNA of, hey, we're going to spread you out, and we got Poole, Steph, and Clay, And that honestly did cause Dallas issues. And they can move the shit out of the ball, too. If they yeah. want to, they really it, can yeah, and so I hope my boys win, and maybe I'm just giving them, giving the Mavericks too much credit. But I do think it'll be very curious to see um, how Golden State uses different people on Luka and tries to deter him. But I, I, I really don't see either team really losing at home. I think if a road team wins in this series, it's going to take a special performance uh, by names we've already mentioned in this series. So that that should be a, a, a fun one. Um, uh, to to go across to the uh, Pacific to so the Atlantic. you didn't Atlantic. make an actual prediction. Oh, sir. oh, uh, go, Golden State in seven. Golden State okay. in seven. Um, to to flip the oceans, to flip the bays. Um, we got Miami against Boston. Now, and I'm sure most of you don't know this, but Miami actually is the one seed. It wasn't Philly. It wasn't Boston. It wasn't Milwaukee. Was um, it, it Brooklyn? Actually, <laughs> No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't okay. Or what? Well, you know, actually. And uh, speaking of uh, Kyrie, uh, Nike's no longer doing that shoe deal. Looks like so. Hmm, that sucks. Anyways, um, it is Boston against Miami. Um, I, I the, the I'm sure a lot of people probably who don't know probably How's think Rondo's Boston, arm? Did he get it hurt in the? <laughs> did Wade hurt it? Okay, go ahead. I, I bet a lot of people probably think that Boston is the home team because they've been getting a lot of the media love. Miami's just kind of just being that 
ho hum. Let, let's just let's go. Let's go. So I don't know about ho hum, but yeah, uh, I don't but, really call ho hum. You know, Butler <laughs> walking off the court saying, "Harris, Harris, you picked Harris over me." I don't know about ho hum, but yeah, okay. they so, ho hummed in. Almost spot on the sidelines. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> uh, Miami does have home court. They are the number one seed. Um, and I think this is going to be a, a fun, competitive series, too. Again, I think if you were listening to the yeah. media, I bet the whole media is taking Boston. But the 538, that sport gambling website, heck, they said a couple months ago Boston was a favorite team to win the, to win the title. So, um, you know, it, well, they're, they're, they're the, not off right now. No, no, they they're, they're not. They, they did. Um, and obviously this Boston defense is, it's, it's elite. It, since like, yeah, you're right. Since like June 3rd or June 4th, they, they, they it finished. It for sure wasn't on, June 3rd or June 4th. I know oh, that. J- Jan- okay, okay. <laughs> Jan- like January 3rd or 4th. Um, Are we in the bubble help. again? Shit, we're in the bubble? <laughs> I didn't know put we were the in the ma- Put the mask back on, mask back on. Um <laughs> they're playing elite defense and you have a guy in Tatum who it appears literally series by series and year by year is developing and becoming more and more of a scorer. Is he a Giannis? Is he a Giannis Curry or Luki yet? Not probably not quite yet, but he he's on the path of becoming a guy that like literally is going to get to that level shortly because He's made, and I hate saying this about Duke player. This kills me. But he's making progressions in the right way. And if you look at he his stats, his shot down the stretch is what you're saying of that game yeah. six. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, When they most needed him. I mean, when when you're when you're dropping thirty a game and must win games for your team, and you're not one of those guys that like he he sees the court, he makes passes. Like the the dude's having a hell of a run. Um, clearly, he is going to be their main option though. Now in this series. I do want to see, because Spoh's not going to let Boston jack up threes religiously, but this is a series where I do want to see who is going to step up besides Tatum. I do think Tatum will get his, but against Milwaukee, I think you got a little bit of an easier pass for the role players because they do jack up threes and they hit them. I, I, I want to see how will this play out to where now I want to see the Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Al Horford show resume. Okay. This, I guess, this way I look well, at Miami it. got a fairly easy pass in the last round too. Well, oh no, they they did, they did. But I guess I want to see who will be the second best player for Boston this series after Tatum, and can they score at a at a at a good clip? You know, uh, Tatum's going to average probably twenty thirty a game, but can versus a different style? Can the Brown um, has to deliver on a nightly bit uh, basis. Yeah, and will um, and I'll th- I'll throw this out there and throw it back to you. Fountain is Spo- uh, Spolstra, who again that dude when he get, when he gets sits on a name he sticks with it. But I wonder, are you gonna start stick with the Struess and Vincent starters, and then you got Hero coming off the bench, and then you got Duncan Robinson, who was a couple years ago one of the best three punchers in the game. He played one minute last series. Do we stick with? guys who are new and used to and maybe making the system flow or do you maybe see i don't know maybe you interject here in lineup or maybe you let duncan robson play more uh what does your gut say just for initial thoughts on who boss needs to have tatum help and will spostra just keep and maybe i'm just an nba fool like i really didn't know much about Struess and vincent but 
hell, I, they've been starting. I guess they've been putting up buckets. Yeah. No, it it, it is. Uh, it I didn't know about him either. Um, so yeah, I don't <laughs> think a lot of people did. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is that tells you coaching, you know, and and also the building of the roster and all that. Um, and you know, Philly, you know. They helped that sign and trade with Jimmy Butler, by the way. They wouldn't have been able to do it without that sign and trade. Uh, but anyway, that's something different. Um, like, I think this is just gritty on gritty here uh, defensively. Now, I'll say this. That little foot sprain, the, the MRI did clear uh, Marcus Smart. However, it cleared him of not getting surgery. You know, it cleared them of no major thing, but they just got off playing on Sunday. They're, you know, they got to turn around on Tuesday. Um, where's that foot? Is that, is that foot ready game one? We, it sounds like, um, uh, Williams will be back, uh, you know, with no minutes restriction. That's what I've been seeing lately. Here's a little stat, Jimmy Butler wise. The, the last four, or for, I'm sorry, yeah, four consecutive road games, uh, Butler's put up 30 points. Butler, um, like what he did in this last series was just crazy, dude. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Like, he did a little bit of everything. And um, if they don't have smart uh, 100%, that makes me feel a little funky, obviously. Then I like Miami. If we see game one, if Smart's not moving that well, I like Miami. But I'm going to stick with Boston as my pick. Now, Bam has got to test the Fountain of Youth. He's got to make sure the Fountain of Youth is going to have another good series, right? And Bam, by the way, needs to kind of get back to bubble Bam, right? Yeah. He needs to get back to bubble Bam. So if he can get back there, um, where it was like, oh, wow, yeah, speaking of turning the corner, he's turned the corner. Um, P.J. Tucker, another quality player that you can put on one of these scores, including Tatum. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if Smart comes back good to go, because he was just limping in that last game, at the end of the game, they took him out. I mean, it was a blowout, but he, he limped to the sideline. Now, is it just a stinger and, you know, whatever? I don't know. But if he's 100% or as much as you're going to be 100% this time sure. of year, I'm going Boston. And I, But I think that, I mean, would they have a chance to do it? In, like, if they win one of the first two games, then I, I think they have a chance to close it out in game six. But that's it. If it's 1-1, they have a chance to close out game six for obvious reasons. But I'm going Boston in seven. But if Smart doesn't look – because now Smart – is the full point guard too, you know, not only is he such a, you know, defensive demon, he's, and it's against a variety of guys, by the way, and they can give him the ball sometimes and he'll post up people like he did a handful of times in that, uh, you know, in some of those closeout games or, you know, important games. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to go Boston and I'll just kind of, it's tough for me to say game six because I got to see if Smart's healthy. But Chris Paul was the guy I was rooting for to win a championship. He's out. Jimmy Butler 
is a guy that I'm I am rooting for. So whoever wins this series, I think I'll be happy. But I am going to go Boston, and uh, I will the, take the series Miami to win in seven. Um, you're right. I think this will be a test Miami needs, and can they kind of rejuvenate that? Miami team um, from the bubble or Miami team that's got a bunch of different players or just hey, Spolster, I, the, the track record's been proven for that guy. He's the hell of a They can get coach. ball movement going, too. That bubble yeah. ball movement's nuts. Oh, the, and they're, the defense they played like a couple of years, I mean, their, their help team defense was amazing a couple of years ago. Really, and not that it's gone away, but you kind of, when they when they had the 4-0 sweep, you know, it kind of got tarnished, but the year before they swept them 4-0, so um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think that this Boston coach hasn't been getting a lot of love, but I think he had to pull the reins back a little bit. I, I think that the guy's a first year coach. So I, I don't know. Man, I, this, this is just me being a little biased toward these coasts. Like everything here is about galore Celtics. And also, if you look from a gambling standpoint, Boston is minus 170 to win the series. So there's a strong amount of money coming in on the Celtics saying they're favored to win despite the no home court. So I guess that's I'm, a nice rivalry too over the years. You're, you're right. You're right. I, I guess I'm going against the grain here, but I will be taking the Heat as a home favored series underdog uh, to win. I, I do think it goes seven, but I I hope. I get my my only hope I really have, Chris, is that, and I don't know if if it's if basketball's changed from three pointers or it's just changed mental mindsets of guys or coaches or bums or I don't know what the story is, but. I, I really just hope that we just have only maybe like one blowout game per series. Like the the NBA playoffs, here, especially in the Eastern Conference this year, for a lot of series have been like, well, if you're the home team, or East and West, if you're the home team, win by 20. If you're on the road, lose by 20. Like we had that, we've had that a lot. Like I, I was just having flashbacks in my sure. head of like the runs Golden State has or LeBron had, like, on all the times like Golden State played, like they were winning games, but they were never like blowouts. Sort of like LeBron would take care of business, but it wasn't like, oh, LeBron lost by twenty, lost by twenty, but then won by twenty at both home games in Cleveland. Like I feel the differential of home and away wins and losses here has been really extreme. I'm gonna be selfish and just say, hey, let's just have like the average series winning total be like seven points, like you know, or something like that. I, sure. I, no, that's just, a good point. Yeah. It has been a, a weird season like that, or, you know, this playoff run. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, the average point differential in the Miami-Philly series was like a 17-point win differential. It's like, that's crazy. And that is even uh, Dallas and Phoenix, really, like the point differential of wins there for home and away was drastic, too. There was no step-back Luka winners or Devin Booker buzzer beaters like it, it was like okay yeah. you got your home court so um i'll be curious to see if that trend continues or we can just have some more competitiveness which as a fan would be fun to see it's hard to watch a game when it when it's a 30 point blowout but nonetheless uh these series start um this week uh i believe uh the mavericks are wednesday and uh friday uh in a uh, golden state which means i need to find a way to win money to go to a game sunday and and uh, Boston's starting in my, against Miami tomorrow night. So, Chris and I will be back next week. I'll hopefully be discussing a Golden State leading the series with uh, Luca about to play in my backyard about 15 minutes from my house. But, again, it should be a lot of fun. We're down to the Final Four. I hope there's no more injuries. We just get true, authentic, the, the best the team's got and just best injuries to be avoided, and let's just watch some good basketball. So, until then, the boys are out tonight. Peace.